0: The Athletic. Hello, I'm Dan Bardell. Welcome to 1874, the Athletic's podcast that's all about Aston Villa Football Club. Villa was stung by Watford on the opening day. It's been a cracking week for the club. A win over Newcastle on Saturday, followed by a great win by a youthful Villa side in the Carabao Cup against Barrow. So feeling a bit better about this week's podcast. And with that in mind, I can say good morning to Greg Evans, who's in a little B&B in Barrow. going to be honest, Greg. I mean, obviously I've never been to Barrow. I don't even know where Barrow is. <laughs> Neither did I until last night. <laughs> um, How is it? Yeah,
1: no, it was good. It was a lovely little drive in. W- once you get off the motorway, um, very scenic. It's obviously just right by the Lake District. So you go through a couple of lakes on, on the way and um, yeah, v- v- very nice scenery. Um, nice place. The, the, the people were there were very friendly and welcoming. Um, I stayed a little bit further out. I stayed in Lancaster, which was about, about, about an hour um, closer to home just because I wanted to make the journey home easier a little bit this morning. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, good, good, good day out. It was
0: just one of those performances that made you smile as well. Very brilliant. Yeah. I mean, we'll come on to the game. Let's talk a little bit about your pieces and what you've been up to. I'm going to be completely honest, Greg. First time I haven't, I haven't read something that you've done. This is an honest podcast. You did a, something on former Villa youth team player Michael Husbands and I've not read it. Yeah, I thought, thought it'd be a good
1: time to to use it with some of the troubles going on in Afghanistan at the moment. Um, Michael, Mikey used to be uh, a Royal Marine. Um, he, he played for Villa's youth team in 2002 when they won the Cup. Uh, was a striker who moved to... He played at Hereford, played at Port Vale, played at Macclesfield. Um, but he retired age 24 because... He kept picking up injuries. Now, it's quite ironic, really, because for somebody who was an injury-prone player to then go into the Royal Marines and pass, you know, possibly the toughest endurance test in the UK, it's, it's quite a thing, really. So I, I, I wanted to interview him. I wanted to speak to him about it. He was excellent with his time, um, went into a lot of detail about it, uh, spent five years in the Marines, lost one of his best mates in, in Afghanistan. Um, and yeah, I, I tried to just sort of tell his story and I think it was very well received. You know, there was a lot of nice positive comments on, on social media and I spoke to Mikey afterwards and, and he said a lot of people had contacted him on the back of it that that he hadn't heard from over the years. And that's, that's always, so yeah, it's always nice. That is one of the real plus points of this job when I do a story or, you know, feature story on, on somebody and, and they call me up and say, thank you for it. You know, I really like that. It feels really rewarding. So.
0: Um, yeah, it, it was it was a story that went down well. Yeah, maybe you can call me up after this podcast and thank me. I don't think that's ever, ever happened before. Before we move on to the excellent win against Newcastle on Saturday, to celebrate the new season, the Athletic are offering a 33% discount on new subscriptions. We will get all the great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, and you'll also get ad-free versions of all the podcasts, including this one. You can sign up right now at theathletic.com slash VillaPod and you'll get that third off the price of a subscription. That's theathletic.com slash VillaPod. Greg, we were back. Well, I'll say we were back. I was back at Villa Park. You obviously were going every week last season still. But Villa were back. First home game of the season. And we haven't had to do the podcast that we didn't want to do. We've beaten the producers, Newcastle 2-0, and we can talk about it now and watch him squirm in his seat the whole way through. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it could have been a very different um, outcome, couldn't it, if, if if Callum Wilson scores early in that game? Um, I think if Danny Ings gets that chance, then he, he sticks that away. And I think that's going to be the difference for Villa this season, that there are going to be games against teams where um, there's not really much in it. I thought Newcastle, caused Villa some problems. I thought Villa caused Newcastle some problems, but going into halftime, um, it's probably, it was a nil-nil game, wasn't it? Or, you know, a game that should have been, should have been even. Yeah. But that's the difference when you've got Danny Ings up there, he, he's going to, he only needs a couple of chances and he's always going to take one. So I thought it was an absolutely brilliant goal. Clearly, clearly something they'd worked on in training, uh, something that we're going to see more of because of the, you know, the, the new set piece coach that Villa have hired. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I I just think Danny Ings is going to get goals that get Villa so many points this season, and he, he's going to be the difference in games.
0: I mean, you say Danny Ings would have scored that chance that Callum Wilson missed. I mean, nine times out of ten, Callum Wilson scores that chance that he missed, doesn't he? It's, it was a it's actually a really really bad miss when I watched it back.
1: I, I said at the time I was sitting next to a couple of um I was I was actually in the middle in the press box full of Newcastle reporters, um so. The accent was uh, ringing away in my ears as I, as I left, but they were all very unhappy um, because of the result. But I said to one of the guys who was sitting next to us, he's tried to be a little bit too clever there. It's almost like he's tried to make the finish look exquisite and just put it away because that's what he's so good at. Every time I watch Callum Wilson for Newcastle, I feel a little bit sorry for him because I always feel like he's the standout performer, that he doesn't really get much service, that he always seems to have a little bit of bad luck. Um, so 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 unlucky with the uh, penalty that you know that he should have won um, because he he was a toenail offside and to be honest I think that I think Steve Bruce on this occasion was right when he said um, I thought these were the the VAR decisions that uh, were going to go in favour of the attacker these days if you're having to draw lines um, and distinguish how close an offside is yes I also get the point that there's got to be a line drawn somewhere, hasn't there? Because, you know, it's offside or it's not offside. But, look, it was very unfortunate. And and to go back to that point, yeah, I always feel a little bit sorry for Wilson. And um, he was a player, Villa, very, really, very, really, very nearly signed, wasn't he? So, um, you know, he could have easily been on on Villa's team in, in another world.
0: Yeah, serves him right. He said some questionable things when he joined Newcastle about joining Newcastle over Villa. So it serves him right. Smashing that ball into the halt end. It did feel like one of those games where I certainly felt it. The atmosphere was was a bit touchy in the first half an hour because I don't think Villa not, not dominate. You don't expect Villa to dominate the game. But you know, I, th- I thought Newcastle were the better team for, for the first half an hour, and the halt end felt a little bit edgy where I sit. But it did always feel like whoever scored first was probably going to win the game.
1: Yeah, and look, that's the point that I make. You know, I think that I just think that Villa have got game changers up front now that that will, that will make the difference in games that are quite tight. Um, I felt that as well. You know, sitting in the Trinity, it felt like there was a re- there was a really nice atmosphere inside the ground for the first, you know, it, the, the five minutes leading up to kick off, the next five minutes after that. But then it it got a little bit tense, um, and you can always feel that at Villa Park. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure if you can you feel that when you're in the whole end because yeah, definitely, yeah, because. it... it I always wonder if it feels different being in the whole end or listening to the whole end. Do you know what I mean?
0: I'm trying, um, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm doing both. At that at that point, I'm in there and I'm <laughs> and I'm listening to, listening to it because I try not. to. I'm not not really like that during during the game. I, I like the atmosphere to be positive, but it's it's hard because it, it's such a big such a big stand, and I think it it does sometimes put the players un, under a little bit of pressure. And I think I, it must have been off the back of last week, obviously losing Jack. There, there was a little bit of anxiousness in there. Yeah,
1: and obviously the defeat of Watford wasn't it. You know, it wasn't the yeah. start
0: that, that that Villa wanted, and
1: yeah, I, I just felt that, and I, I just hope that doesn't creep into to, to home games too often this season because they, they, there are going to be games that are going to be quite close like that, aren't they? I think it's going to be the same on on Saturday. Um, I think it'll be a different game. You'll probably see. Brentford being a little bit more expansive than, than Newcastle were, possibly dominating possession for a bit longer because that's just their style. But there's going to be quite a lot of games this season that are very, very close um, and Villa will need the fans on their side because this, for me, this is a season that's, that, that, that the league is getting going to be very, very condensed. I don't think the gaps between positions are going to be as big as they were in previous years. So every little extra percent counts. You know, and and the fans can play their part. They could, they could, they could win. They can win Villa five or six points or more this season. You know, with positivity,
0: so yeah. it's a big thing. I mean, you talk about the small margins and every little percent counting. I mean, having a, having a set piece coach now. I've seen Villa not be able to throw the ball to the, to the, someone in a claret and blue shirt. So to score a goal off a, off a long throw in, it's one of the most unVilla things to do ever. And Austin McPhee, you know, he stand every time Villa have a set piece or a throw in or something. He he stands up and he marshals that technical area. and he, he's watching like it like it's his domain. And it it was great to see us get a goal from that already.
1: Yeah, it was good, um, very good. And something that I something that I noticed as well, Villa have, okay, they they scored two goals from from set pieces and um, one one in the previous game. But they, they've scored from the four shots they've had on target, which is pretty. No, is that true? Good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the league, yeah. I mean, it's pretty clinical. Incred- Pretty incredible, really, and very ruthless. Not not really like Villa of, of previous years. Been quite wasteful in front of the goal. So that's a really good sign. Um yeah, I, I used to notice Neil Cutler doing pretty much what Austin McPhee does, you know, getting his notepad out and and and, and marshalling the dugout area um when Villa had set pieces. But, you know, look, this guy's come in. He's a specialist. I think it's a great thing. Uh, I, I'm all for it. I, I know Danny Murphy took some, some criticism from, from Villa fans. I think Villa fans have kind of got it in for him a little bit, haven't they? they I mean, like his opinion
0: he, was bizarre, Greg. I uh, well, no, I agree. I, I, look,
1: I, I agree. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think there is a market for, for um, specialist coaches, 100%. Liverpool won the league with a, with a throwing coach on board. You know, I'm all for the the extra percent. stuff. I think they make a big difference. Um, and, I, and I don't for one minute think a coach, a head coach, i.e. Dean Smith, should do everything. You're a head coach for a reason, because you coach every all the coaches that you've got with you. You know, you're the head of them. So I, 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 the good thing about Dean Smith is that he's happy to um, delegate. And, and he's always wanted to take other uh, coaches and managers opinions on. and and listen to them. And and he feels that if he's allowed to do the things that he's good at and brings other people in alongside him um, who are good at other things, then the team will become better. So that's a good thing for Villa. It's going to work for Villa. They're going to score more goals from set pieces. Hopefully they'll be a bit more creative. You know, we always say, why don't the corners beat the first man? That's probably one of the most annoying things for supporters. Um, Hopefully we won't see that as, as much this year. And, I remember writing a piece at the very back end of last season just saying that since Jack Grealish had gone out the team um, and since Ross Barkley had kind of dropped off a little bit, Villa just was, was terrible at set pieces. That the, the numbers for last season stacked up very favourably. They scored a lot of goals from set pieces, but they were all in the very early stages of the season. So um, let, let's hope that Villa can make a big difference now.
0: I mean, it looks quite simplistic, doesn't it? Long throw, flick on. God, I mean, there was nothing simplistic about Danny Ings' finish, but you know what I mean—a throw in and a, and a flick on from your, your tallest player. That sounds quite simple, but I just thought how Ings ended up in so much space on his own—that must have been something. That must have been part of the plan and something that they worked on, because he was just there was no one anywhere near him. It's a sensational finish, and he's arrowed it into exactly where he wanted to go. Phenomenal home debut goal. But for him to end up in that space on his own, that must be part of what was worked on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there was there was um, a goal for England that was quite similar, but I think yeah, it might have been from was. a corner. Was, was it was it a corner that Mings? The corners, the same, play, same
0: players though.
1: Yeah, Mings flick Ings, you know, acrobatic kick. Um, the 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 key, obviously, for 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 the set pieces to work is the positioning. If if you look at Mings at the very start, um, he's on the goal line and he's pulling Lascelles and Hayden. All over the place. He, he, he runs round the goalkeeper, um, back round the goalkeeper into the six yard box, towards the, the the front of the six yard box, and then obviously out jumps both LaSalle's and Hayden to um, to get Matty Cash's um, throwing it on. Danny Ings is in the space because he's taken. Dude Mings has taken two defenders out. Um, now th- there's there's three elements of it. Matt Cash has got to put per- get the get the throw in in the perfect area. Tyrone Mings has got to get into the position to win the header and then win the header. And then Ings has got to successfully convert the shot. So it was three things mastered perfectly. Villa won't be able to do that every week because if they, if they continue to do that for maybe another week or so, and it works, defenders will just become, they'll know exactly what they're going to do. So it's about variety now. It's a, and, and, and that's what Austin McPhee will, will bring. He will... Um, have lots of new ideas, they'll have lots of things to work on. Um, it's really interesting as well because there are, there are little triggers that, that, that players use, um, as England did in the, in the World Cup, to, to, um, to, to signal what routine they're going to use. So um, let's see if anyone can pick up on those triggers in the, uh, in the weeks ahead.
0: Yeah, we'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. And as if by magic, the Athletic do have a comprehensive report on the trend for set piece coaches at the moment by Tom Warville. So, yeah, go and check that out. And remember to use the discount code by going to the slash VillaPod, and you'll get a very, very cheap subscription. So, Villa scored at the perfect time, really, the way the game was going. I mean, what I really enjoyed about it, there's nothing more enjoyable than scoring right on half time, Greg, and seeing the opposition team kick off. And then the whistle goes, and you're in for half time. That that's, that's that's very very satisfying, and then we got a goal at a good time again in the second half through through a penalty. There was wasn't many claims for handball. It was perhaps a little bit harsh. But the last time I was at Villa Park at full Villa Park, Villa were having all kinds of issues with VAR and, and referees. VAR was one of our best players on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great to hear the whole stadium singing VAR, my Lord. Um, I
1: think, you know, people that don't know that Villa chant, that, you know, Villa use that chant anyway, found it even more funner. Um, so some of the Newcastle lads, uh, you know, were, were enjoying that one a little bit, even though they were disappointed with the result. But yeah, it was, I felt like something's never really changed at Villa Park with fans inside. There's always VAR controversies, isn't there? And when that chance came for Villa, I was pretty much... The same as the rest of the supporters inside the stadium, I didn't think for one minute it was there was any issue. If you look at the Villa players, they didn't even appeal. Um, but look, that's what VAR is there for. I think if you look at the penalty, it probably is a penalty. You can't stop it with your hand, can you? With your arm, I mean, you, you know, to save effectively, it's traveling towards goal, isn't it? It probably goes in if, if he doesn't stop it. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's a penalty. It was the Villa are going to get decisions that go against them in some ways, and they're going to get annoying decisions like that. For me, those decisions are very annoying for the supporters i think um look it went in villa's favor, yeah, but I don't think villa supporters knew exactly what was happening and then for the following penalty which should have been, um which I felt should have been um for for Wilson again you know we us in the press area are quite fortunate because we can we we've got a small little monitor that's explaining to us what's happening and that all the supporters can see is on the big screen that there's a VAR check. And then, so there's like a 30 second to 60 second period where they're thinking, well, what the hell's going on? We, we as I say, we're quite fortunate because there's a little sign that says, check in for offside, but that doesn't come up on the big screen in front of the fans for, for, for 30 to 60 seconds. And you're kind of just sitting there thinking, well, what, what the hell's going on? It's, it's no good. I hate that because it ruins the fan experience.
0: But the fans are the one that are paying, um, like, wasn't a dig at you at all. The fans are the ones that are, you know are paying to, to be there. We we should we should yeah, know exactly what's happening. It, it's mad that you they can't put it on. What's the point of the big screen? You know exactly. exactly you, know, yeah, you think that, it could be point. utilized or something like that? You know,
1: there's people in the crowd looking at each other, going, what, "What's going on? Yeah, you know that's just just not right, is it?
0: I'm gonna have to speak to some of my contacts, see if I can get a little monitor installed at my seat. In, in, in the in the And I saw the other day that people who've had a season ticket for twenty five years at Manchester United get their name like put put on the seat. So I think I, I must not be far off thirty years actually. Now I'm gonna ask for a monitor for my thirty year anniversary so I know exactly what's going on with, with VAR. and from then on Greg a towel he,
1: for the winter as well, nice little blanket.
0: I've I've seen Ian Taylor in his seat with a little towel on him, a little uh little blanket. <laughs> I think blanket. Ian Taylor deserves it. He's, he has he's a blanket. Probably yeah, probably got he a bit more pull than Dan Bardo. He's a hero, a- absolute hero. I love, I love tales as everyone knows. And then Villa saw it out quite comfortably, really, didn't they, Greg? Apart from that penalty scare, there was never really any worries that Newcastle were going to come back into the game. And we got a chance to chant some things at Steve Bruce, Dean Smith to give us away. It was great being back. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that, wasn't it? As soon as it was, as soon as it was two 0 there was no way back. Once the
1: penalty wasn't given, I was confident Villa would see out, that and that's what happened.
0: Move on then to Tuesday night's game. So, last night for us at the time of recording, always a lot of (laughs) these games on on TV, they're potential banana skins. Sometimes you look at the team and you think, I can't be bothered with that. A a, a bit of bomb squad vibes, reserves that don't really play. But you know, last night I looked at the team and I was excited before the game because there's a good chance to watch some young talent for Villa in a a competitive game, Some, some stalwarts in the team there as well. They absolutely battered Barrow. Had really light like work of what could have potentially been a difficult game, and Cameron Archer, I'm not even sure was due to play last night. Scores a hat trick on his on his like, first start for Aston Villa Football Club, his boyhood club. Sensational, sense. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, if you look down my
1: Twitter feed, I did say that Cameron Archer was going to be playing um, quite early in the day. So you uh, know, did we, you? We got we got news of that. Um, that was a good guess. <laughs> yeah, fantastic guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Obviously Wesley, you know, he's 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 um, heading back to, to Club Bruges Villa are trying to get that deal done. Um uh so yeah, Cameron Archer was was given the start. Um, spoke to Craig Shakespeare after the game and he said that he'd been very, very lively um all the way through pre-season. Um Sh- Sh- Shaky admitted that he didn't really know much about him purely because he'd been at Soly Moors last season. Um and, and look, you know, he only scored four goals in twenty-eight games. Yeah, it didn't set the world a lot. Soly Moors and and um, there, were, there were some suggestions maybe that he might not be able to cut it at Villa um, or, or moving forward. But I think what he showed last night was that he's very clinically in front of goal. He's, he's developing nicely. He's um, maturing, you know, he, he's going to probably be one of these later developers. Um, but there's something about him and, and he really put himself about as well. And I thought, I like that about him. I like the fact that he was running after lost causes. He was chasing down the channels and, um, Finishing was brilliant. And that was what was really exciting about Villa last night. They had four players in, in the attacking positions that were really up for it. You know, El, El Garza, um was very direct and, and wanted to take on players all the time. Got his couple of goals as well. Um, <laughs> very, total shit out from the uh, penalty spot. I mean, there was a lot.
0: Absolutely zero respect for, for the Barrow <laughs> I mean, goalkeeper.
1: I, I actually sat next to Barrow fans during the game because... Um, the press box was, too, was very full, so um, there was like a spillover into the into the main stand. So I was sitting next to a couple of Barrow fans and, and they were great fun. You know, they, they, they go home in a way. He was a, a lad and his, his missus. Um, and we both kind of looked at each other and thought that was a bit, that was a bit bad. It? it was a bit, a bit disrespectful um, when he scored. But when I look back at it now, I think, you know, fair play, it's just a sign of his confidence and a little bit of arrogance as well. And you need that as a footballer, so um, fair play in a way. But yeah, going back to Archer, I think that, that he's got that he's got a chance now with, with Wesley not available, um, with with Watkins injured, with with Traore and Bailey s- still out, he might get a place on the bench in, in the next couple of weeks, and um, what what a great achievement that will be for him.
0: Great variety in his finishes. I mean, the chip was executed to perfection. His first finish, yeah, it was a, it was an easy tapping, but he he took he took it well. And the third was just absolutely clinical, you know. He's shown a lot of variety in his finishing there, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, definitely. And and when when you compare him to say Jaden and Pedace who I thought was excellent but lacked, um, you know, conviction and execution in
0: front of goal, he was he was a little bit erratic, wasn't he, at times? And and you think, well, his final, but his final product up, up until that point, great. Final product last night was a little bit erratic. In pre-season I thought his final product was really good. Yeah,
1: but, you know, pre-season is just completely different, isn't it? You've got to do it on that big stage when there's you know lots of fans inside the stadium, when the pressure's on, when the cameras are watching you, um, when the key decisions matter. So, you know, that that's just a sign that he's still young and he's still developing. But um, Dean Smith clearly believes in him because he's bringing him off the bench in Premier League games. Um, and, and we're going to see more of him in the Premier League. So it's really exciting. But I think he just needs to be fine-tuned a little bit with Archer, what he showed last night, and... Um, Okay, and you can't judge him on one appearance because there's going to be lots more ahead. But
0: it's just a very positive sign that he can finish under pressure. Yeah. Also, Chukwemeca, two Meccas. Not something that I ever expected to be saying about Aston Villa. Nice little moment where Carney got subbed for his brother, Caleb. A lot of brother, a lot of brother stuff going on, going on at Villa. Villa yeah. always had to have a couple of brothers knocking around.
1: Yeah, so there's obviously, you know, Seb and Dom Revan, who, uh, who uh, Seb's currently on loan, Dom, Dom's injured. Um, the Chukwamekkahs, as you, as you mentioned, Villa fans found it quite amusing singing that we've got two Chukwamekkahs, which is quite a nice little ter- ter- terrace chant that, again, we didn't expect to ever really hear. Um, and who are the other two? I forgot. Ramses. <laughs> the Ramses course, yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, uh, uh, that, the two of those now on the pitch, you can't tell the difference. Like So when they, when the two of them walked off the coach, but I presume they sat next to each other on the coach coming up and um, J- Jacob's just a little bit taller than than, than Aaron. But when they're on the pitch, it's very, very hard to to tell who's her. Um, I mean, Aaron came on obviously off the bench last night and for a moment I, I didn't hear the announcement and I, for the first couple of minutes I thought, oh yeah, J- Jacob's doing well. <laughs> and I realised it was Aaron. Um, so yeah, th- those two have got a very bright future as well. You know, we, were, we Jake, we haven't, we've kind of about bypassed his performance, haven't we? At, at, I was going to say, I thought he was man
0: of the match on Saturday. He, he was
1: excellent and he, he was, he's very much coming of age now. Um, and there are very high hopes for his brother who has always been the, the star of the two. So, um, if he can develop in the same way that Jacob is, you know, really, really exciting times. Um, as for the Chukwamekas, all the talk's been about Carney, but I was really impressed with Caleb as well. Thought he put himself about, um, and looks to have a potentially have a future at the club as well.
0: Yeah, so much young talent coming through at Villa Park at the moment. It's got, I mean, think how many are on loan as well who, who would have played last night. You know, if, if Barry and Young had been around, would Archer have even been in the frame, do you think? Well, I mean, you know, this is it, isn't it? You know, they've, got nine, they've got nine players
1: out on loan, Villa. Um, Archer's probably, you know, he, he's a year ahead. He's older, isn't he? Yeah? He's a year ahead of Barry and, and um, Young in their development because he's had that loan spell at Solihull Moors Moores last year. But whether Barry and Young go ahead of him this time next year after their respective loan spells at Ipswich and Carlisle, you know, remains to be seen. And um, hasn't quite worked out for Barry yet. You know, it's very, very early days, of course, but um, just been on the bench for the last few games. And, you know, I presume he would have liked to have got an early goal and got up and running, but there's a
0: long, long, long time to go. Still in August. Yeah. I mean, my favourite thing about last night... We're seeing Conor Harrahan, captain Villa back back in a Villa shirt. Could be the last time we see him. You, you might know more than me about what's going on with transfers and and, and what the plans are. But it was if that is to be his last game, it's nice to see him captain the side because he's been a great player for Aston Villa.
1: Really fitting end if if that is his last one. Um, I think that was part of the reason why Villa was so good last night. You know, you had, you had Conor in the middle who was so hyped up, um, so professional as well. Just led by example. His passing was brilliant. Um, he was very vocal throughout. Um, and then you had players like Twan Zebi, who, who pretty much dominated the forward line, didn't he? I mean, it was it was this time last year that he was keeping Mbappe out for for, for Man um, United against Paris Saint-Germain. So that guy can do it. Courtney Hawes has always come in and done a decent job. Um, and it just felt there was like a really nice blend of, of senior, albeit fringe players, mixed in with some youth players. And there was a lot of, lot of confidence in that team and, and a lot of fight in there. So... It was just a very, very comfortable uh, result. And nice to see Hurray and get the captain. Captain C as well. The fans gave him a lovely reception.
0: Yeah, he, said he had the golf clubs out last night, didn't he? That's a couple of them passes. It, my God. I mean, he was given a, an awful lot of time by Barrow, but you've still got to put got to the pass out. Some lovely passing. Yeah, I think he just kind of reminded everyone that, look, this is
1: what this guy can do if you give him a chance. Um, if a championship club wants to, wants to take a punt on him this... this um, you know, before next Tuesday, I think they've got a ready-made player and somebody who can really help them push for promotion. So it would be nice for him to get a move. I think he needs it. Um, look, he loves playing for Villa. We, we all know that, but he's not going to get the minutes that he wants. So, um, you know, I'd really like to go see him get a move and, and go and play somewhere and play a major part in that, because that's what he deserves.
0: Yeah. A lot of players happy to stick around and, and, and pick up money. Villa have had the fair share of them over the last few years. Connor's not one of those guys, is he, he just as much as he loves Villa he realizes it's, it's a short career, and he just he wants to play games. He loves playing football, so it will be interesting to see what happens with him in the next week or so. Go on, then let's 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 talk let's talk transfers. I know you'd never ever give us anything on this podcast about transfers, but what's happening? I mean, you look stressed as soon as I ask you the question. To be honest,
1: <laughs> look, there's still a week going. There's still a week remaining, isn't there? Um, we know that Villa had a very clear, a very precise plan. To get a lot of their transfers done earlier, they hope to have got James Ward-Prowse in, um, but couldn't get that one done. They're not going to go. They're not going to go and buy a central midfielder just for the sake of it. Dean Smith wants a defensive central midfielder, but it, they're only going to move if they get a player in who they think can significantly, significantly make a difference. Um, plus, they've got to still move on a couple. I feel like if they could get Hurrihan out. If they could maybe move on the camber, I don't know. You know, then potentially they might there might be a gap then to bring somebody in, um, but I, I I don't know. I'm I'm not sure they're going to do it, but um, they're certain they certainly are considering options because there are lots of people um, connected to the football club I've spoken to who have suggested a couple of targets, um, a couple of players that could potentially come off, um, but it. There's just a lot of variables. They need to move players on to get that done. Um, and I don't think they'll be replacing Wesley either. I think that they're, they're quite satisfied with, with the forward options that they've got up there. Um, I think what you've got to remember is as soon as Ollie Watkins comes back, um, Wesley wouldn't have featured anyway. And then you've got Keenan Davis to come back in, in a couple of months. Um, Cameron Archer, obviously, on the bench. Bertrand Traore and Leon Bailey, when they're fit, can both play down the middle. So I think they're quite happy with the options up front. No need to buy another striker. Um, and and yeah, I mean, d- definitely won't be any any other movements. So I would be very 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 surprised if if anybody else came in because um, they're heavily packed in in the other areas. Gilbert will he move on? Probably. Um, felt like he he sort of had enough, didn't he last night? He just thought well, he looked absolutely I'm, buzzing when he
0: scored. Absolutely buzzing. I mean, Celebr- that, never seen celebrations that, like
1: that, it. That that says it all, doesn't it? That says a very very unhappy player. He, he was not interested in that goal one bit. And as soon as the as soon as the left-back started hacking him um, a couple of minutes later, it, yeah, okay, it was towards the end of the game. But he literally just signalled to the bench, I'm, I'm coming off. <laughs> and yeah, that, that to, me, got to, move that to me was the clearest sign that he doesn't want to get injured in a game at Barra and, and scupper a move to somewhere else. So let's see whether that progresses. Um Think that's about it. Is there any other potentials that could go
0: third choice keeper? I was I always thought we were going to get in a cheap third choice keeper, but that's all gone quiet as well.
1: Yeah, I think the situation, I think the good thing about a third choice keeper is there are a few probably that are already unattached, aren't there, that, that they could get, um, you know, at, at any point. Um, obviously, Martinez won't be going away with Argentina now. That's
0: great, news. great news that is.
1: And and Jed Steer's is a very you know solid backup, so I think they're all right on that front at the moment.
0: Yeah, Jed Steer has been really really good in pre season. Uh, apparently re- had a really strong pre season in training. So if, yeah, again, good to see him get get a run out last night because he hasn't played loads of games for Villa, but he's he's been a great servant and been an important player, and he's probably an important player in the dressing room as well. So yeah, let's get a, let's get a cup running for Jed. As well as, in fact, I'd like to say win something for the first time since 1996. But I'll wait till we're a bit further along before I start talking about things like that. Before we go then we've got a top three you wanted to do top three cup performances greg i need to ask a question before i do this was this domestic cup or are we talking europe as well um i think just domestic cup in in your lifetime yeah okay i changed change things i'm gonna have to think of i'm gonna have to think of one <laughs> on the fly then um my first one three. is the I don't, I don't want to say this but the Jack Grealish semi-final at Wembley yeah yeah I thought that'd come into the, it thinking. was a, a great a great performance absolutely incredible that, that day probably one of my favourite days as a Villa fan actually but then it's tainted a little bit by the fact you go and get battered in the final but that being Liverpool when nobody expected us to I, re, I actually really liked that team that we had that day there's some players in there that I was really fond of so that was that was one of my best days as a Villa fan uh, next one Ooh. Villa three leads two at Villa Park, the Carboni game, the hat trick. I don't know. I'm a bit older than you are, so I'm not sure whether you remember that game at all. You certainly weren't in the press box. But do, do you know the game I'm talking about? Definitely not. I was at school. Not, no, having... not in the year 2000. <laughs> weren't in the press box. Yeah,
1: no, I was in a uh, year. Well, year ten or year nine at school. So no, I don't, I don't think I was in that press box, mate. I remember the game. Yeah, I remember Carboni, Carboni's
0: goals. Yeah, going to have to do some padding here because I don't have a I don't have a number three. Uh can No don't What
1: about Cameron Archer?
0: Throw him in there. No, no, no. I don't want to pick I a phone or do I. I, Ever I, start? But I thought this was getting got like games. I wasn't talking about individual players. Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, No, we're talking about games, sorry, yeah. Um jump me to help you. No, I've got I can I can do another one. He's an away game. One Oh the tram mayor. It's probably the tram mayor hasn't it? Yes, that's a good shout. Yeah. Trammer, yeah. Bosic, saving all the penalty. So technically, I've done a bit of both there because I've given you three games, but I've also given you three performances in <laughs> Bosnich, Carboni, and I've forgotten the third one. Forgotten the third, Grealish. Grealish. Third, yeah, I've given you. I've given you a bit of everything there, Greg. <laughs> great, great variety, mate. I mean, all, we, all by we, all by accident. We, we've covered lots lot. of. Uh, we've covered lots of eras there for sure. Yeah, they're the three that pro- that probably stand out. Do you know I didn't actually get to go to the Tranmere game? Oh, really? I've told the story about my dad not taking me to the cup final because it was my mum's birthday that year. Before we didn't go to the semis either because he decided there was no point.
1: Bloody yeah, hell! What he
0: thought? He decided the tie was over. Oh, you joking? Wow! No, nah, have to poor. share that one with Bozzy next time we get him up. Real poor parenting. I remember watching it on TV in my mum and dad's lounge. But yeah, there's been some there's been some bad examples of parenting over the years. I won't I won't get into <laughs> it now. But yeah. Thanks, Dad. Another another great night missed because obviously I was I wasn't born when Villa were really good and won the European Cups. So I feel like I, I feel like I've missed out on a lot. To be honest, so yeah, let's let's win something this season. It's about time I I had some joy and saw us win something. I think that does us for this week, Greg. It's been another busy week, so sorry we haven't got any listener questions in, but I promise we'll do something with that next week. Greg's going to be posting on the real time section of the Athletic website and app all day, all week, Greg, all day, all week. Yeah,
1: well, it never stops, does it, this job,
0: 24-7. Yeah, you are always, always working. And then, of course, there is that discount at the moment where there's a third off all the subscriptions to The Athletic at the moment. So head to theathletic.com slash Villapod to utilise that offer. Until next week, Greg. I mean, actually, I'll hopefully see you on, on Saturday at the Villa game. Yeah, everyone enjoy the game on Saturday against Brentford. Two weeks running at Villa Park. This is absolutely what we've been waiting for. Have a great rest of the week. Up the Villa. athletic.